from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 613 at Wisconsin's Morning News. You know, our Greg Matzik is in Phoenix for Brewers Spring Training. Been doing a lot of work down there. We always get our money's worth and we send Greg on the road, Absolutely. Right? That cat just works. He knows everybody. He finds everybody. It's great. The amount of stuff and stories that he turns for us and to share with all of you is uh, it's amazing. So great to have Greg down there for Brewers Spring Training. Brewers infielder Mike Brusso hit his first home run of the spring training uh, season the Brewers ten to four win over the Royals. You heard it here on uh, WTMJ Monday afternoon. But Brasso's first hit of spring training—you won't see that in the box score. If you ever want an up close and personal experience with your favorite member of the Brewers, spring training is the place to be. Conversations, autographs, players are pretty much open to anything, including having a starring role in a gender reveal. Wait, what? We had this trip planned. I thought, what the heck? We'll see if we can get a baseball filled with some powder and make it happen. Visiting spring training from Hudson, Wisconsin, Elliot and Chelsea Jensen, along with young son Ezra, had an idea and were in the right place at the right time. Craig Council literally walked right past me and I went out on a limb and asked him if he thought anybody could help us out with the gender reveal. And he kind of said, uh, yeah, you know, you just got to ask him. I'm sure someone will help you out. That someone was Brewers infielder Mike Brasso. That's what makes baseball a little bit special to uh, not only play a kid sport, but to kind of have that you know kid mentality and, and just togetherness, honestly, um, bring people together. Step one in the process was getting the paper mache baseball full of blue powder from Minneapolis to Arizona in one piece. I packed it in our suitcase, um, bubble wrap and, and clothes, and we checked it, and, and we were pretty nervous because I didn't know if something like that would explode or... On Sunday, it was time to find out what was inside that ball. Is this thing going to explode right out of it? Alright, let's do it. (laughs) It's a boy. We called it. We called it. I mean, he seemed more excited than we were at first. I mean, he just was such a, I mean, kind, genuine just caring guy. I called my shot. I don't know if the video if the video caught that one or not, but I did call it. Uh, and he threw a good pitch in there, elevated a little bit, see a high, let it fly. As the blue powder dissipated in the sun-drenched Arizona atmosphere, the Jensen shared a special family moment with their new favorite player. It seemed like you could just kind of tell that he just really wanted to make the fans experience as good as it could be. Feels like he could be my best friend almost. <laughs> as for honoring Mike for his role in the reveal, well, perhaps naming rights are in order. At least the middle name. I think we're, yeah. I think we're pretty much sold on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, we're, we were going to probably do Michael before all this happened just because it's my middle name, it's my dad's and stuff. In roughly six months, the Jensen's hope to meet up with Mike again as a family of four. It's going to be cool. I, I can't wait to go to a game someday show them what happened, you know. With the Brewers in Arizona, Greg Matson, WTMJ Sports. Man, that's why you got to get to spring training if you're a Brewers fan. Because stuff like this happens. Yeah, right? you can just ask for someone to help yep. you with a gender reveal. Like. Guys are loose. They're hanging out. It's all good in Phoenix. 616 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Baseball is officially back. Who shined on Monday? Who will start today? And when will Christian Yelich take the field? WTMJ's Greg Matzik is down in Arizona with the Brewers. Get up! Get up! Get up! Here it goes! 
Bright blue skies and 61 degrees in Surprise, Arizona, where the Brewers knock off the Royals 10-4 on Monday afternoon. Royals led 4-0 before the Brewers scored 10 unanswered. Mike Brasso hits his first home run of the spring, a two-run shot and a three-run six. To see those early results when you're seeing live pitching and different jerseys, jersey color, uh, guy on the mound, um, yeah, it's it's a good feeling. Adrian Hauser tossed a clean first inning in his first appearance of the spring. The Brewers used nine pitchers on the day. Monday's lineup was full of prospects and regular position players. Craig Council expects Christian Yelich and Joey Winker to see their first action of the spring this week. Yelich before Winker. But Winker's doing everything, yeah. frankly. I mean, Winker's, Winker's ready to play. Brewers are back in Maryville today to take on the Chicago Cubs. Robert Stock will get the start for Craig Council. Closer Devin Williams earns the start on Wednesday against the Angels. With the Brewers in Arizona, I'm Greg Matson. The next radio broadcast for the crew will be Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock over on 94.5 ESPN. To the NFL, where the biggest question this offseason remains in Green Bay. Where will Aaron Rodgers play going into 2023? NFL Network's Ian Rappaport joined the Pat McAfee show to shine some light on the biggest question of this offseason. If he goes back to Green Bay, like I said, I think they would welcome it. And I, I do think What do you time, think? What do you think? Think, think, think. You just think because you're like Bob McGinn after your years of studying the NFL? <laughs> what the do Green... I actually think? Yeah. No, no, like... No, I mean like on this... Source. Do you have sources that say that they would do that? Or is this like punditry? No, 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 no. I have sources. I mean, I... I believe very strongly, based on what I've heard from the people I know well, that if Rodgers came back, they would say, cool, let's go. Okay. All right. That's a big piece of information. I mean, I re- it's, no. He's Aaron Rodgers. The sources carousel continues as the NFL draft combine is underway in Indianapolis. Packers general manager Brian Gunikins is expected to talk later today. <laughs> a big piece of information there, McAfee. <laughs> I don't know. Is any of it information? <laughs> it's all speculation. Right. That's what it is. 620 on Wisconsin's Morning News coming up. So that's how they're going to get those cars out. Six twenty-four on Wisconsin's morning news. Bayshore is expected to begin this week removing cars from the failed parking structure outside, just off of. Well, you can see it from the freeway there just north of Silver Spring Drive. Monday, we reported it. Here on Wisconsin's Morning News, the fact that this was even going to be a thing and that officials with the mall were trying to think of a way to do it. The structure hanging from the third level and the second level that uh, presented a risk for the rescuers and the construction team that was assisting in deconstructing what was a pile of debris and snow on the bottom. That's the North Shore Fire Chief Robert Whitaker. He was with us on Wisconsin's Morning News talking about why his crews had to be particularly cautious when they first arrived on scene and why they haven't really let anybody back in there yet to get their stuff. I mean, that would seem easy enough, right? Oh, well, just all right. Go ahead and get your stuff here. We're not sure how we're going to get your car down, but what it, but grab your car seat, yeah. whatever you need out of there. They just weren't sure that everything was stable and initially weren't sure that everybody was okay. Chief confirming for us Monday here on Wisconsin's Morning News that they did go through a process over the weekend to be absolutely sure they didn't miss anything and that there was no one left in the debris. Certainly a sigh of relief, no deaths, no injuries. But the chief does respect that people want to get their stuff back. They didn't, when they parked that day, didn't intend to have uh, their car trapped in a structure. And we're, what, four to five days later right now? And we all have business. And you look at your life and say, okay, what happens if I lose the car that gets me to work every day, that gets me to where my kids need to be? 
you know, that's a significant challenge. Yeah, like imagine being without your car for a week or anything that you had in there, all the stuff you have in there. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of laughing about it because folks were texting right after this all happened to the old National Bank talking text line. Well, they're going to use a crane. They could just pluck these cars off. And I kind of chuckled about <laughs> it. Because it's easier said than done, I think. Yeah, right. Well, Chief Whitaker said that, yeah, that idea and others have been floated. Most of the cars are on the second level or on the second deck, so a crane necessarily wouldn't uh, be able to do that because of how the structure damage uh, limits cars' movement from the second to the third deck. Uh, So that's the biggest challenge, but um, they had some uh, pretty smart people there looking at how they could build a temporary ramp to remove the cars uh, in a controlled environment. So we do know that that's what they're going to go with, the ramp idea, and Bayshore Makes saying sense. as much, yeah, this week they're going to install this temporary ramp that will connect the first and second levels of the garage, and basically uh, folks who have cars in there are going to connect with Bayshore management, they're going to verify, yes, Eric, this is your car. And they're going to lay down a piece of plywood as the ramp, and you'll drive <laughs> over the plywood. <laughs> drive you really steep over the edge, just hope it lands softly, put a, a bunch of mattresses right down there. <laughs> No, they're not going to A do real that. temporary ramp. Yes, and then the, someone from the mall management or some other person will drive that car out then very carefully. We do know one thing that they're not going to do. We were uh, fascinated by the idea of maybe taking the entire car apart. <laughs> no. <laughs> then bringing all the pieces back down to the ground and rebuilding each car individually. Eric wants to disassemble all the cars and just take them out part by part, Chief. Uh, if you guys want to do that, I would leave that to you because I would not want to be part of that. <laughs> That's why you're not in that meeting. Yeah. That's why I'm not the chief. Hey, why don't we just take the cars apart, put them back together again? <laughs> It'll be fine. Good news, though, for those folks who've not been able to get at their cars now for nearly a week. News about your money this morning in the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Dow Jones Industrial Average closed up 72 points to 32,889. The NASDAQ in trading Monday up 72 to 11,000. 467 and the S&P 500 up 12 points to 3982 Annex Wealth Management know the difference. Hope you'll join us tomorrow, WTMJ, for a day-long broadcast. Annex Wealth Management is presenting WTMJ Conversations 2023. It's sponsored by Smart Spaces, so we thank both of them. All the names you know that make Milwaukee operate. Long-form conversations with professionals from all kinds of industries, walks of life, politics, sports, the arts, and more. It's coming up tomorrow. We're going to get started at 8 o'clock in the morning. Annex Wealth Management presenting WTMJ Conversations 2023. We're throwing out the clock tomorrow. That's true. We're changing up even when commercial breaks run. Mm -hmm. And when you might hear somebody. The quote-unquote long-form interview. Yeah. Now, this started many years ago with Sykes. He did his, they called it Insight, right? Yep. And then it's kind of transitioned and evolved over the years. And the idea is to continue to like have that long-form conversation with people so you're not just hearing the sound bites. And it's with movers and shakers. So tomorrow, I mean, we got some of the, the names you'd expect. Like the Governor Evers will be in studio. Robin Voss, we'll hear from him as well. He'll chat with Scafidi. We'll hear from both candidates running for state Supreme Court. And then there's some others that you may not expect, like uh, Mayor Cavalier Johnson's wife is going to be on the air with us tomorrow. I want to hear from her. Yeah, so (laughs) what's going on over there? Yeah, what's really happening inside that? Um, But yeah, it'll be a a combination of just different newsmakers and and perspectives that we don't normally hear. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, On that, in the 8 o'clock hour, I was excited. You tasked me with, you know, who do we want to talk to? And... 
two kind of very different things, but uh, both Milwaukee-centric. We're going to have Matt Rinka and his partner, Chad Griswold, from Rinka Architects. I think the company's just called Rinka, but mm-hmm. they're an architect and design firm. And this is the firm that it has a great hand in designing Milwaukee skylines, so buildings that you know. Um, one that's going up right now, the Couture, yep. is their design. If you drive uh, south of the city, right on 40, uh, 43 there, or yeah, that's 43, 43, just over the uh, high-rise bridge, you've got the big building that says Michael's on it. That's Rinka yep. and their company. So want to engage them on not only their buildings, but what is the skyline going to look like 10 years from now? Are we going to keep building up? How are they designing offices now post-COVID? Are people asking for different things as they design future mm-hmm. office buildings and things like that? So they're going to be with us. They're going to kick us off at 8 o'clock. And then Susan and Andrew Varela are going to join us at 8.30. If the last name is familiar to you, Andrew is a performer that you probably see at Milwaukee Rep. You see him at Skylight Music Theater. He's a Broadway actor, and he's local here. Married Susan Spencer. So her name Varela now, but Spencer, she graduated from Greendale High School. Oh, no kidding. Also a Broadway performer. They actually were in traveling shows and other things together and now are really critical in the art scene. Susan right now is the interim director at Skylight Music Theater. So we'll talk about what they're doing, what their life is like, but also, you know, what's the future for the performing arts in Milwaukee? So that's you and me. And yeah. that's just the first hour. Big day. Big day tomorrow. We'll even have some shots from Greg Matzik in Arizona as he's covering the Brewers. So it's going to be a big day tomorrow. Hope you're listening all day tomorrow at 645 right now. And Brandon's got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers are in full swing down in Arizona for spring training as they stormed back yesterday to take down the Kansas City Royals in a Cactus League matchup on Monday. By a final score of 10-4, to Hedbert Perez led the charge for the crew, going 2-for-2 two two with three RBIs. Next up for the Brewers is a 2-10 first pitch today against the Chicago Cubs. The Marquette Golden Eagles keep on climbing those rankings. A team once projected to finish ninth in the Big East now comes in this week ranked number 6 in the country. That's according to the latest poll from the Associated Press. It is their highest ranking since 1978. And to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks are looking for their 15th straight win as they set their sights on Brooklyn for a matchup on the road against the new new look Nets. Giannis, who had an appearance on The Daily Show last night. Joker, how are you going to make it through the finals where you look like you can barely make it through a Burger King drive-thru? <laughs> talking <laughs> some trash He's there. talking trash. He has been listed on the <laughs> latest injury report as probable. Tip-off is set. For 6.30 tonight, catch full coverage right here on WTMJ, beginning at 6. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. Spring is in the air. Well, I guess uh, sort of for some of us. But anytime you get to turn on your radio and hear the legendary Bobby Euchre call a live Brewers game, you know better weather and fun times lie ahead. So with that being said, it got me thinking where this game of baseball is headed. I was hesitant to start the year with some of the recent rule changes, but after seeing the flow of games speed up, I actually like the pitch clock. I believe having the shift being banned will help struggling offenses over the course of the season. However, I'm not a huge fan of the runner on second base to start extra innings, but if that's the only change I don't like, I'll chalk all of these changes up as a win. However, the reason this game either sinks or swims, regardless of how many changes you make or don't make, is because of one factor, that being the fans. For a sport that has been struggling to maintain its fan base at some point, Commissioner Rob Manfred, who has been in charge for the past seven seasons, 
needs to stop talking about ending broadcast blackouts for fans and actually make something happen. In most cases, it seems Major League Baseball and their leadership think it's a lot easier to say they want to fix these issues rather than actually correcting them. When in reality, all fans want is they have the ability to watch their favorite team. Pretty simple, if you ask me, at least compared to changing the rules of play as we have seen to start the year. The bottom line here, do the right thing, Commissioner Manfred. Talk less and do more. At 6.53, the next Winter Olympic Games, not until 2026, Italy this time around. And uh, it's once every four years that we really focus on things we don't, don't normally talk much about in sports. Locally, though, we tend to have more interest in speed skating. Anytime, you know, Wisconsin has a unique connection to USA speed skating from our now Olympic training facility at the Pettit National Ice Center. Some of us are old enough to remember the outdoor oval. At State Fair Park before that, where some of the great Olympians of all time, Eric Hyden among them, began their ascent to glory. We've got another local who's kind of lighting it up on the world stage right now, and Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's two-time sports writer of the year, Lori Nickel, is with us this morning. Lori, you've been keeping an eye on Kiwaskum's own Jordan Stoltz. Absolutely, and he is really skating so well that even though it isn't an Olympic year, it's worth writing about and noting because um, he just won a ton of races that are of significance since he did the U.S. National Championships here in January. One of the things that he did was win the Junior World Championships about a month ago And when I say he won, I mean he took home seven medals, five gold and two bronze. It was his last opportunity to compete as a junior. Uh, His eligibility runs out. He turned 19 in May, and COVID and the Olympics um, kind of disrupted previous years where he could not compete in that. Um, And he's just continuing to skate so fast that, the following week when he went to a regular World Cup series event, there's six of them all year long, and he went to the sixth and final one. This is all age groups against seniors, um, medalists from the Olympics, all these people. He took home a gold and two silvers there as well. So the kid's on fire right now. When you, when you mentioned that uh, we were going to talk about him, and I've been following some of the coverage here, I... I thought he was so much older, Lori. I mean, 19, as you said, what, you know, what's the prime for a speed skater? When we talk about Olympic gymnasts and that he'd be almost at or, or past his prime even for speed skaters, it skews older, right? A little bit older. It usually depends on the distance. If you want to do the sprint stuff, which he specializes in right now, I think the sweet spot is anywhere from 22 to 27 years old. That's doing the 500, the 1,000, the 1,500. But like a lot of sports, um, the older you get and the more you can handle the endurance, both the coaching and the stamina, um, older skaters might be able to do some of the distance events. But that's what's really unique about Jordan right now. He's winning at everything. He's competing at everything. He's doing it for a training aspect. He's really trying to find his plateau as a fitness person, and he hasn't found it yet. He hasn't found that point where he's just exhausted or like he can't finish something. So that's how he got all those medals at juniors. He skated at the sprint stuff, the middle range stuff, and the distance stuff. And uh, that's really unique. You had mentioned Eric Hyden. 
that's what Eric Haydn did. But that was in 1980. Sports have changed so much. Olympics yeah. have become specialized. Totally different. So, um, you know, Jordan is really excited about it. He sees, you know, every challenge he wants to meet. He's a very competitive guy. But, you know, just from production standpoint and performance, um, he has not found a limitation yet. Lori, I'm always fascinated to how this affects people's lives because I'll watch the Olympics and I'm just like, wow, they're so good. Okay, how much time have they put into having to do that? I think about like my own kids and I'll complain because I got to drive from the baseball practice once a week. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, here, right. here, they got like, <laughs> right. I mean, he's got to be doing that every day, right? Like his training and just everything else that comes with it. The amount of work that goes into a 35-second, 34-second race is incredible. First of all, his parents, first of all, okay, he's a senior in high school, but he's homeschooled because he has been following this Olympic dream. I met him two years ago, and that was an issue, you know, that was his focus. His parents uh, drive him from his home in Kewaskum to the Pettit, ice center probably four to six times a week and that's a 40 hour or excuse me 40 minute one-way commute so they do that and then um you know he's training constantly um by working out and doing a lot of exercises that build up his strength and stamina and that work is with bob corby so it's pretty intense Lori nickel two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee journal sentinel Hey, we'll talk speed skating anytime. Jordan's, and by all accounts, is a great, great young man. So that that also makes it easier, doesn't it? A hundred percent. He's so funny once you get to know him. He's a really good guy. Thanks, Lori. We'll check in with you again next week. See you, Lori. Sounds good. Thank you.